Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the... Lord, and Jackson. Tomorrow's great purpose on the board. SP Futures up 12. NASA Futures up 57. We're, uh... Going up, up, and away, maybe to the, maybe to the sky. The tree will reach the sky. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Yeah, up, up, and away in your beautiful balloon. Yeah, it's just uh, we don't. You don't even want to worry about fundamentals. You don't even want to care if somebody makes any money. You don't care if they have any revenue. It's just we're going up. Just saying. All right. And uh, good to know. And who knows how much uh, Costco and Home, Home Depot and those places. Uh, I've raised their prices this Christmas because they go up every single day. Even though you see people cutting, ba- allegedly cutting back, but somehow or other, they're uh, they're just marching onward. So there you go. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to matter what the uh, Costco had their earnings are up fourteen forty seven. But let me see where Costco started the year. Boy, I hate it when I do this because it just. Um, yet to, you do it anyway. Yeah, I do it anyway. Uh, Let's see. Actually, they're... Uh, where were we? We're at uh, 10, 10, 11, 7, 22. We are at uh, 12, 19. That's close enough. Um, 12, 27, 23. We were at 4.56, and now we are at 6.45. So we're up solid 50% in a year. 45%. That's not bad. That's not bad. Just whatever, whatever, uh, wherever you want to go, you go. <clears throat> and, um, and uh, you know, you just, uh, uh, I'm not saying it's not worth that. I'm surely not saying to, to short it, for God's sake. Uh, uh, just, you know, just be careful what you're doing. Because, uh, let me see where the Costco PE is. Uh, Costco Wholesale Corporation. They are at, uh, PE is at 41 and a half. And for a retailer, even a very, very good retailer, that is really, really high, <clears throat> you know, historically. So, um, so there you go. The uh, so what's going on in uh, the uh, in your world? My world? Yeah, um, you go. You're 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 getting well, done so, with the sort of a, sort of the last week of the semester. I I have some stuff that spills over because. Uh, 
it's it's work I'm doing for a corporation, and they um, they take Thanksgiving off, so I uh, so their uh, their term spills over to uh, next week. But uh, so I'm I'm at kind of a leisurely pace. I you know I got some got grades. Got to get gra- my grades in by Tuesday at the end of the day, and other than that, um, you know I'm I'm starting to focus on a little time off. I'm going to pick up a couple of certifications on the way while I'm off. Um, that uh, that I want for teaching classes, so I will be a certified purchasing person, and I will be, uh, uh, and I'll also get myself a cert in. Um, uh, let me see, uh, uh, warehousing uh, operations. Um, you want to get somewhere along the line? Don't you want to get your teacher certificate? A teacher certificate is what you need for high school. Oh, so you don't need any for what you do. No, I, I, I um, credentialing is different for us. So, um, if if you take, for instance, uh, credentialing to be a business instructor at uh, at community college level, um, an MBA is a credential is a legit credential. But then it, you start into these other combinations and permutations. Like if you have an out of field masters, and supply chain is a good example. There aren't very many people with a masters in supply chain. Um, uh, so, um, so a mat. But if you have a master's in supply chain management, you're good to go as as an instructor. Um, if you don't, then um, you have. Then do you have an out of field masters? Do you have experience in the um, in the field? Do you have uh, uh, some kind of industry certification? All of those become factors. So that's that's how it works. It's not you don't you don't go get a teaching certificate like you would want to get for high school. You um, you you start down a different path. For, uh, uh, okay, because the uh, had a, um, so so you would credential for business, Tom. I would really. Well, that's good. Yeah, the the hardest thing to find is accounting because there there just aren't very many people with a master's in accounting. And then when you start to default to some of the other stuff, it's you know it's challenging to get somebody with all of the right things, and then still is willing to work, <laughs> you know, is willing to work for peanuts. What um, we had a uh, <clears throat> actually it was a client unfortunately um, passed away at a well, let's say relatively young age. He wasn't young, young, but the guy he and his wife are from uh, the Philippines, I believe, and he's a doctor. So he comes over here and. This is years ago. He gets a job with, you know, I'm one of the hospitals here, and uh, and he he was a pulmonary guy. So what they used to say in, uh, in MASH, we needed a chest cutter. Um, he was a chest cutter, basically. So he works his way up the ranks, up the ranks. He's, he's now he's like their chief of surgery in that area, and then they want to put, make him chief of surgery the place. And, and he goes, well, if I go too much higher, you better get me certified. Something along, <laughs> something along those lines, and they go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, I never got certified. <clears throat> I just, you know, obviously knew what I was doing. You kept moving me up. Oops. <laughs> Somehow they got him certified pretty quick." Well, so <clears throat> yeah, you have those kinds of things, and and what do your overseas, you know, what are they willing to uh, count for your overseas um, degrees? I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, we have a uh, um, a. Uh, uh, woman, one of my colleagues in uh, Bloomington, and she she just wants to take a course for herself and uh, um, at, at Ivy Tech, so she enrolled in the course, but it has a prerequisite, it has an English prerequisite, so, um, so uh, her, 
her undergraduate degree, I think, was from uh, Finland or someplace like that. And they won't take the credit. They won't take the prerequisite credit. Unreal. Um, it, it is silly, and you know, you can go have a uh, have the dean of the department wave it, which I I think she did. Um, but uh, you know, this <laughs> so you know you, you kind of get stuck on protocol sometimes. The uh, what the what did what was the thing that that uh, Lewis sent around yesterday? I mean, I'm trying to find it here. I'm sure I will in a minute, but. Uh, regarding the, the uh, was it was it him or Carl, or Carl was talking about the uh, the president of one of these eastern schools has had the place invest in, in his wife's non- charity charity. Oh or something? yeah, um, gosh, I forget which school it is, but yeah, they um, it's it's a and and they're the only they're the only big client. Yeah, basically, it is it isn't just that um, that you have that you know that questionable relationship but that it's it that is the relation that that is the business so basically um they've just made his uh, his spouse the um you know the uh, uh a department of the school uh, in a, you know by for all uh you know all intents and purposes or do you say all intensive purposes? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But I, I, I couldn't believe that because that's something that is. Uh, I mean, I, you know, the because we've talked about, you know, everybody. You know, what what is the? Everybody has to be. I mean, if you even if you want to get get crazy about the world, I mean, every everybody has essentially a boss, right? I mean, even the president essentially works for everybody. I mean. You you wonder in well, this report we report to the board in a business, and then whatever the controlling entity is um, for the um, the school, which which isn't the trustees. It's you know, as you've mentioned this week at Notre Dame, it's the uh, board of fellows is the uh, is the subset of the um, uh, trustees, and it has you know it's at least half uh, CSC priests. Well, but look at the. Saying you're, uh, you're 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 talking about the, the sequence. I mean, have you ever read the? Uh, was it well? I read it on several occasions, but it was. Uh, remember the, the the guy way back in the day, Avis. We you know we try harder. Uh, we're number two, so we try harder. Remember that whole that whole story. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, the the guy who was the head of Avis when he finally got taken over by by somebody that the. Uh, um, you know, he, he and he worked for the new firm, and his and he wrote this book called Up the Organization. And it had to do with all the things that big organizations do, like wrong, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and and there was a lot of stuff in there, and uh, and he was and he basically was talking about how, uh, you know, and one of the things is, the you know the big flaw is that the, that the chairman essentially picks the board, so the board. You, you got your buddies on your board, and then you're on their boards, and it, and the thing is totally useless as as a any sort of a, I mean, in, in a control. Yeah, the it, oversight function is, uh, breaks down. Then it, it, it totally breaks down, and uh, and he was and he was saying that. You know, the, so when you look at a university, okay, now again they 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 sort of started on their own. I mean Notre Dame did. I mean they're private, but along the way they take money from everybody. Now how that. How that leaches over into having to give control to other people, I don't rightly know, but 
mean, I don't know if I can write a book on that, but the uh, for a state school or, or a publicly supported school, I mean, <clears throat> you have a situation where the people up top pick the, the essentially the biggest donors for the board, right? And, and people you want to have on there because of, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, I mean the, the, the Irish had uh, Dave Durson, who played ball there and he played for the Bears. Popular figure, probably gave him some money. You want him on the board. He's black, he's a good guy, okay, he's on the board. But he's not on the board board, he's on the external board. So these are people who... And he's a trustee. Right. He's a trustee. So these, these are people that like love the place enough to already have given them a bunch of money okay so the, so they're all in and on, on, on liking the place sort of as it is and then you end up picking them for this position and now of course they're beholding somewhat to you because now you're on a serious board I mean it's got to be a big deal to be on the the inner, inner circle board of Harvard isn't it for God's sake I mean I would yeah. think it is no matter what you get paid I mean, you're, but you're your speaking fees and God knows what else probably could go up through the chart if you wanted them to. And now all of a sudden, you're in charge of, there's an issue. Now, what are you, what are you going to do about it? And, and I think it's it it's set up amazingly difficult to do. I mean, I, as, you know, as I've done the show for so long, and I, you know, John and I did stuff before on score, on the score and stuff, one of the biggest educations, uh, Kevin, was uh, being on the board of the CBOE. And I... I hearken back to my University of Chicago education, and uh, we had one class out of the 20 classes you had to take for you know business. So I, I fled to the economic school and took about six over there, so I was I was lucky enough to do that. But one of the classes was had something to do with um, all the other stuff that goes around with measuring performance. How do you design compensation packages? But one of the of the iterations was again what a pain in the ass it was. One of the iterations was small group dynamics, and this is all in the same course. I mean, so this was a t- pretty tough course, and you had to find a place, a, a, some kind of a, a a meeting, you know, be it a governmental. I guess if you get into a boardroom of a corporation, which how do you get to do that? You could have done that. Um, so you had to go to this thing, and you had to chart out who everybody was at their seats. And you had to put down, you know, positive comments, negative comments, positive. If you saw any kind of positive uh, physical reaction, you had to, you had to essentially chart everybody's behavior at the meeting. You know, it was it was basically small group dynamics, mm-hmm. and uh, it is stunning how they work at a at board level. But I, I, I thank myself every time I was in a meeting that I had that class, because it is it is so collegial. This is our group. This is our guys. Don't. With, with, you know what, what says goes on in here stays in here sort of like Vegas I mean it was it, it I, you almost can't even describe it I can't imagine what it's like if everybody in the room like gave a whole bunch of money to the place and it loves the place and you know this whole routine and you know we're saving the world because you know we've got the best education on earth and we've got you know 28 people out of the nine people in the Supreme Court or whatever it is but I can't imagine the egos in, in, that, in that room did you guys see um, that Speaking of money in, in schools, that Elon is going to actually do their college program. He Look. donated he he donated a hundred million dollars uh, to his charity, and they're going to start a school in Austin, and he said it's going to be STEM focused. So before he had joked, I think it was about starting the Texas Institute of Technology and Science or something. 
Really? Yeah, you <coughs> oh, remember man. the acronym for that? He's going to start the school. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'll drop it in the comments. Oh, God. It's, uh, 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 um, doesn't Texas Tech sort of already have that distinguish, uh, <laughs> distinguished title and uh, and has chosen not to go the route you're going? I think it's... I think they have uh, 50 students or so that they want to do. So, $100 million for 50 students. <laughs> well, it, it's probably to launch. I'm, I'm sure his dream world is it would become a very big deal. It would become, uh, it would become MIT. I think MIT, why, why can't I find this article, Kevin? I know I sent it to you. Um, was it Carl or, uh, or Lou that sent it to us? Well, no. Usually I have this stuff right at the, right at the tip of my hands here, but I, I do not on this. But for some reason, um, did, did you get a you got it, you got it? Why don't you try and find it? Because uh, I sent it to you, Greg. I sent my my response to it. Anyway, but you know, you wonder, Kevin. I, I honestly believe that countrywide, um, the the failure of the current board setup is one of the biggest issues we have that is causing us problems. I mean. You bring. I'll, I'll ask Greg since he brought it up. Do you think the Tesla board controls that place, or he does? No. There's any chance, no matter what he does, they could fire him. No. So what's the point of even him? And it doesn't matter because he's got most of the stock anyway, doesn't he? Um, I don't know. I don't think he has fifty percent. Well, does he? But he's got enough to. Maybe he does. I think. I think that's that was done before it even started. So why even have a board? Right. I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, are, are they in charge? I mean, anyway, according to the, this book, that you should that the board members should be introduced to the chairman. Here's your new board member. Well, if it's private, you know, have at it. But they're not, and that's the problem. They don't. They aren't. These are public companies, and and the other shareholders, and then you've got all your ETFs that just vote with the board. So, so I guess my question is, I'm not saying it's bad or anything. stock is in street name. Does the clearing or the... Yeah. Yeah, they vote for you, right? Um, I think the ETFs, a lot of them don't vote. They don't think they should. Oh, well. And if you you don't vote, it's considered... There's a good one. If you don't vote, it's considered a yes vote for the current person, right, Kevin? Um, Not necessarily, but what it could be is it, it, it... it, it uh, lowers the denominator so that the percentage in favor, um, you know, is is going to be is more likely to be what the board is proposing. I, I think they actually is a, I think a a, 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 a non vote is a yes vote. At least it used to be. Well, that's pretty special. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I found it here. This is a a tweet by Bill Ackman. And it has to do with uh, whoever the this guy is. The uh, um, Gorenberg is what the, the chairman of uh, of MIT. And I'll take ev- your word for it. And evidently, I thought I thought we all read this. <clears throat> anyway, MIT is funding an increasing amount of money each year to a board member's wife's nonprofit, let alone the chairman's wife company, when the organization does not appear to have gained any. Traction, let alone many other donors over the last five years. So, they have they have given uh, the chairman's wife's nonprofit company a whole bunch of money over the last five years. Which Basically, yeah, and and I did read it, and and uh, so I'm I'm just not remembering the name, but it's um, 
you know, it it is a for all you know for by any measure, it's a uh, uh, a single customer company. Yeah. And I'm gonna, my my question is, as you go through the whole mess, who do these people report to? I mean, I think the people in Notre Dame don't report to anybody. I'm not saying they're bad or anything. I just, I mean, who, who tells Father Jenkins what to do? Nobody. Board of Fellows. Well, maybe, but he picks that, them. No, that's that is at Notre Dame. That's where the power is. Okay, it, but he but he picks them. A group them. of six or seven people. But he picks them. And, and are there? Nah, they pick him. And and the new president too. They just they just picked a new president. Um. Well, how did they get? Who, who picked them? Uh, they just are. Okay, that's <laughs> they. They exist. Yeah, I, I mean they have terms. I, I I don't remember how that works, to be honest with you. But 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 in any any board thing, my my point is if if you rocked a boat in there, there was a uh, this is going way back. I mean, before your time, Greg. Uh, well, who was the Wally? Was it Wally Phillips? Phillips was the uh, he was the king of of radio. Here in Chicago, right in the morning. I mean, they had the, he was on WGN. All the traffic, all the other stuff was done on GN in those days, right? Wally Phillips was the man, and somebody came after him, and then all of a sudden, GN kind of dropped off. But um, he was just very popular, very straight. He was he was like the uh, Walter Cronkite of radio, wasn't he, Kevin? Yeah. And uh, so so he was that. He was what Bill Curtis was on the TV side. Yeah, and he. And all of a sudden, when when he died, they were they were just giving this tribute to him. Years later, and they, they get his—I don't know if she was a secretary, assistant, or whatever she was—and she says the funniest thing was one day some company saw that he was you know so straight, so that he they appointed her, they asked him to be on their board, and uh, and he and he accepted. He, he didn't know if he really wanted to, but he accepted. And she goes, "God, that didn't work out so well." <laughs> He goes, why? He goes, because he did, he did the board thing just like he did his radio show. He was totally prepared. He read every one of the things they sent him, the packets of stuff, and he went in with a list of really tough questions based on the information. She goes, they hated him. <laughs> the, uh, well, I mean, and, and it's, you know, you you got to do this sort of uh, the same way that you do the uh, legislation in Congress. Um, there's a board package that goes out, um, and, uh, and and as long as you don't, de- you you just don't want to deliver it with enough time for everybody to read it. Well, one of the guys, uh, you've, you've done your diligence, but you, you but you haven't. One of the guys, uh, especially the big fat one with like the budget, most of the budget in there, Alan Dean, the controller, he would he would tape a dollar bill in it, and if if somebody didn't say that they found it, you knew they didn't read it. <laughs> Because people always say, "Hey, Alan, I got your dollar bill," and if somebody didn't say that, you know, he, he didn't read it. But it's, uh, I now, 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 Greg, you know, Greg's moving up in the world. You know, he's a good guy. Greg doesn't understand that I could totally torpedo him at every board spot if he gave me out as a recommendation. Does, does somebody recommend him? All I would have to do is, Greg never is never afraid to ask a tough question. And he never forgets he works for the shareholders. There's not a board spot in the country you get with, with that reputation, is there? Oh, there might be a few, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of them you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, so I guess my question is: as we move down this road and we and we see things right with the world and wrong with the world, I don't. I think the current 
board setup, especially how powerful these companies have become, is borderline useless. Now, I don't know how to f- change it, or I don't know how to fix it, but um, I'm yeah, just saying. Tom, to some degree, it may be worse at the small publicly traded companies um, because they they really operate essentially like um, you know like just like any other small business uh, you know that might have the family as their uh, as their boards if it's if it's closely held um, and so those but those may be the worst because that's all the local crumbs. but I mean but if it's those people who cares I mean if it is closely held and those are the people they get to do whatever they no, want I'm saying it's like a closely held but it's yeah. public traded but the um, but the bigger ones I mean do you I mean we start talking about I mean to be honest if economically you know we'll go to break here and I'll lab this one out there to you know the listeners and you can everybody can tweet in or whatever and tell me I'm nuts if if the boards were well, I'll use the term legit would any board ever vote to buy their stock back instead of just giving out a dividend yeah it's a good question um, it, it's a good question uh, I, I will say uh, where where there really is any kind of um, you know board effectiveness, it is usually at the subcommittee level. So if there's an audit committee, if there's a uh, you know a different committees like that, some of them really do take their responsibilities seriously, and they are um, and they are effective. So how did uh, how did Wendy Graham do as the chairman of the uh, governance committee at Enron? Or big gym. Oh, t- poorly. That's what I said. It, I said first of all, I said some committees. Well, that's a committee. Some, well, that would I be a, some companies. There's a governance committee. And how did Big Jim Thompson do for that one in Hollinger uh, when that guy went to jail? Just saying. Yeah, I know. Anyway, you're, you're throwing <laughs> the exceptions at me. I get it. <laughs> SP futures up 11. SP futures up 52. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, Rob Banks, Tyson Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 11. NASDAQ Futures up 52. Dow Futures up 95. Like I said, we have Costco up 17 bucks on earnings, pushing it over 40 PE. That's a lot. You know what I mean? It's hard for, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine Costco doubling, but maybe they will. Uh, you can't ever say never. We got Microsoft up a buck 47. They got clobbered yesterday. There was a, I'm not exactly what the news was on those. They're not like 15 bucks. Matter of fact, they actually took the, uh, NASDAQ negative for a while yesterday on, a, on kind of a big day, uh, and it finished back up a little bit, but still, Microsoft kind of turned the market there for a little bit. 
Um, over in Europe, we've got uh, central. Here's a, here's the headline, Kevin. European markets climb after central bank bonanza. Bonanza wasn't that a TV show once? I remember Hoss. Uh, Dex up 51.3 percent. FTSE down 40.5 percent. Kick around up 42.5. So they've come back some. They were all up earlier. Uh, Asia. We've got the Nikkei up 284, bouncing. They've been down this week. Um, Hang, Hang Seng, Hong Kong shares surged 2% to lead gains in Asia markets. China posts mixed economic data. However, the Hang Seng is still under 17,000, 16,792, but they made a big move up today at 390. Uh, that's a 2.4%. Shanghai, however, down 16. Now they're mired in the mid 2900s, 2942. They're not even close to 3,000. So uh, China's still having problems. I mean, it's, you know, it's. When I say that on a on a Friday versus Tuesday, I mean China's not going to change much from Tuesday to Friday with like a billion and a half people, even though some people seem to think they, oh no, today they're okay. A uh, ten-year still under four four percent, three point eight nine. The bond down down nine basis points, two point zero two. Japan up two basis points, point uh, point seven zero. Well, up forty cents, seventy one ninety eight. So it's climbing. It was sixty seven or sixty eight earlier in the week. So it's up appreciably this week, but still kind of low. Uh, Brent up 38 cents, 77.01. Natural gas unchanged, 240. With our, with our El Nino uh, winter, people think it's not going to be that hot, that cold. Our Bob unchanged, 212. Uh, gold up another 1360, 2058. Um, easy money uh, is good is good for gold. Plus the dollar is being clobbered. Uh, silver up 17 cents, 24.55. Been a good week for the. The people I have in the metals, so I'm not complaining about this week at all. Copper unchanged at 390. Some of the copper stocks have had a big week. We've been in a couple of those things. Uh, who knows if it's going to keep going, but uh, they've had a big week. Bitcoin uh, down at 198,42,724, and the U.S. dollar um, is actually up a little bit today with the uh, with the euro at 109.5, but that's still way higher than earlier in the week, and the pound at 127.5. So the euro's uh, Getting whacked here a little today, but like I said, it started the week at like 107, so still almost a 2% move in the dollar. It's a huge move in, in the currency. Uh, Greg, what do you have for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. 636 right now here in Chicago. Happy Friday. Chicago is 38 degrees now, 50 today, mild and cloudy. Phoenix, 43 degrees currently, and 74 today, but uh, sunny, lots of sun and pleasant um, temperatures. Traffic, inbound Kennedy from Montrose, 9 minutes, single digits. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook, 22 minutes. The um, Inbound Ike from Wolf, 18 minutes. 95th to the interchange is 17 minutes on the Ryan. And the inbound Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 18 minutes. Bulls win at Miami, that was 124-116. Hawks lose in Seattle, 1-7, ouch. Yeah. And another blowout. The NFL on Amazon Chargers lose at the Raiders. That was twenty-one to sixty-three. Yeesh. Sixty-three. Sixty-three. Was it like a basketball? They, were there any tackles? <laughs> so. Let's see. We got Kevin talking, but we don't hear him. Yeah, I'm. I'm there. The balance should be there. Kevin. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, uh, the, the Raiders lost three to nothing last week, and then they scored sixty-three points this week. Um, they called different plays. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> really good chance of that, yeah. What might have been uh, the difference in opposition, too. Yeah, it uh, might be. A... Yeah, n- not that Minnesota's very good, because Minnesota, Minnesota only scored three points. 
It and, is. And that was after Minnesota. Minnesota only scored nine the week before against the Bears. Well, you know, it's uh, it is. Hello, Mike. How are you? Um, it is. Good morning, Tom and Kevin. It yeah. is. It uh, is. By the way, uh, Central Bank Bonanza should be the uh, new name for the Stocks and Jocks uh, softball team. Yeah. The. Uh, well, there's another one. The, the the radio league is is still kaput. They don't have enough. Imagine like the score can't even can't even feel the team. How can you be a, a, a big big Those bunch people of people are all getting old over there? Um, we're not here, but still we we have a team. Ooh, yeah, no, you guys are decrepit. We'd we'd still have a team though. We'd still be pretty good. Well, I don't know if I'd play, uh, but well, you'd still have a team. The pretty good is debatable. Well, everybody's just a little bit older, you know. Maybe. When did we we won the league in 2016? So it was a while ago. Hey, get Mike to come in for to be your ringer, and you're probably going to be okay. Well, I, I still was a pretty formidable pitcher. Uh, you know, the running the bases became a problem, uh, those kinds of things. But I, I don't think I was a threat at the plate much anymore. But um, there aren't too many good pitchers in softball. I mean, simple stuff, Mike, like uh, watching batting practice and see where people like to hit. You know, and remembering what the guy hit the last time and what what pitch he hit on and. Those the little nuances of the game. It's pretty hard to teach younger people sometimes. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, who knows, Tom? It's been a long time since I pitched. Well, you, you weren't about to play infield anymore, so you, you kind of flee to the mound as you age. Yeah, ain't that the truth, though? Yeah, but uh, you know, there's a there's an art sort of to everything, and uh, you know you know who their good guys are, and you're just trying to have nobody on the base when the good guy comes up, right? This is not. The, I mean, sports is not all that difficult, is it, guys? But you think about it. Um, you know, so we had. Uh, matter of fact, it was kind of int- a little interesting story. We had to play two games that night, and uh, ESPN was uh, has always been very renowned for ringing, right? So we had just beaten them the week before. I think we we beat ABC in the first game. So then we had to play ESPN, and I noticed they had a couple guys that were like just a little bigger and stronger than they normally had. I go, okay, we got a couple ringers here, and I'm not, I'm not even going to tell my team that they've got some ringers. And uh, so I figure, okay, we we got a good team too, so let's not worry about it. Let's just go do our stuff. And they had one guy, <laughs> first one he hit, and he was a big lefty. He hits hits one, but this is what happens kind of all the time. They had a pretty good uh, center fielder, and they moved him to short center to make room for this guy, right? Well, first time the guy's up, thankfully I had nobody on base. I think the guy hit one that went past the shuttle. You know, man, my God. <laughs> the guy, the, it absolutely, it was a home run the second it left the bat, one of those kind of things. And um, sure enough, the knee hits one later, and Matty Weber almost dragged down and just missed. So now we're, you know, we're 8-8, we're 9-8, eight eight, eight, somewhere we're going. And all of a sudden, I, uh, I'm sitting there looking at the lineup, and we scored a few more runs because we had some guys, too, that could bang the ball. Dr. J was still a pretty good player in those times. And they hit, must have hit five or six line drives at shortstop that Jan dragged down. And, uh, I mean, he was getting a little long in the tooth. He wasn't the best on ground balls anymore, but he could still, still catch a line drive. So all of a sudden, one guy on the other, the bench goes, You idiots, you know that guy can still catch a line drive? Hit it somewhere else. <laughs> so anyway... And all of a sudden, it gets to, Mike knows this, all of a sudden it gets to the sixth inning, and I saw their lineup, and I got the big guy to pop out, and, the, and it was at the bottom of the fifth, and I go, I don't have to face him again if I get these other mutts out. So I told my team, look, if we can hold these guys to less than three hits in the next six outs, it's our game, because the, the bottom of the lineup is no threat. 
Let's not screw up. That guy does not have to bat again. Sure enough, he was in the batter's, batter's circle, and the last guy was out. So there's a little, there's management to this. It's almost like trading the market, you know? Yeah, it, 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 it's geniusness. Um, and, and to think that the, the Cubs chose to pay Craig Council and not you. Um, uh, Craig Council knows a hell of a lot more about today's baseball. But it, it is, I mean, Kevin, you've said it a hundred times. Every sport, be it lacrosse, be it hockey, be it basketball, wherever there's any kind of a goal, wherever there's, and you've got people, it's all in positioning, it's all in spacing, it's all in passing, it's all, it, it, it never changes, does it? Uh, it, it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, and so that's every game with a goal. That sort of leaves baseball and, and football as the outliers. Right. You know, they're, they're the ones that aren't like everything else. But otherwise, yeah, you can look at soccer, you can look at lacrosse, you can look at basketball, you can look at hockey. Give and go is still give and go. It always was, it always is. Um, you know, screen and roll, hey, there's different variations on it and different rules about what kind of screening you're legally allowed to do. But little rubs, little getting in the way, all of that, it's still the same play. And, and you have that all the way through. So when people say, well, I really don't know anything about um, uh, lacrosse, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, a, but I, I'm a basketball fan, I say you know a lot more about lacrosse than you think you do. Now, there will be some rules that, you know, are, are kind of arcane and you don't really know how, you know, what they're about, but, uh, but you can still sit back and enjoy a game. Well, the, the, the game I think that is the most unique in a lot of ways. It can't be more unique. That's, a, that's an absolute term. You can. Yeah. Okay, it's baseball. <laughs> it, it, is, it is probably the most individual team game, even though it still, it still carries some of the stuff of being a, a team game, where some stuff you do can affect this guy batting if you're leading off and bothering the pitcher. But, in, but you really can't... If you have a really good defensive end, or the other guys do, and your tackle's having trouble with them, you can have the tight end or the guard help out. If if you got a crummy center fielder and the ball goes to him, it's on him, right? <laughs> There's nothing you can do to help him, basically, except yeah, he's got to run it down. He's got to catch it. Um, yeah, baseball's got one other unique uh, facet to it, and that is it's the game where the defense has the ball. Yeah, that is the truth. All right, Mike, uh, you're just in time because your, your friend Janet Yellen uh, is talking today about, in a prepared speech, talking about uh, outlined plans to improve U.S.-China ties even though uh, we have all kinds of things we strongly disagree on and China has refused to rule out military action. Now, I don't know where they did that, but so how the hell, first of all, do you really want to improve business ties? I'm guessing probably yes. Uh, how much do you want to? How open can it be? Um, if you were sitting next to her, what would what would cause you to have a problem, or not a problem, or, or do you think that this is the way to go to keep keep pushing on the business side as a way to deflate some of the other stuff, which has kind of been well, know, it hasn't worked so far, and all we I mean, what I would tell her, and it you know, and it's somewhat uh, sarcastic is just give in to the Chinese on whatever they want and uh, we'll get along great because that's what uh, the current administration is doing. Well, what... Um, sort of like being married, huh? <laughs> they've been Be pretty tough there, on Kevin. chips. Oh, Greg says they've been pretty tough. Well, 
first, I guess, well, Greg Spawn, how how tough have they been? I mean, now I was reading that in, in uh, NVIDIA, first the stock actually went down because they couldn't do some kind of chip over there, and then three weeks later I read some article that they were going to sell something to somebody to somebody who was, was going to be able to sell it to China, so they got sort of got around it somehow. Or I mean, is that happening? Or it seems like, you know, you call it a workaround, right? I mean, how, I, mean I guess, is any of this stuff even effective to start with? Mike, would you say I, that? I, mean, I don't I, think it is because they're still stealing technology from us, and uh, I'll bet you they're still dumping steel, but who knows? Well, what, uh, when you say stealing, okay, that's an interesting word. Um, if I use the guys, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a, a Defense Department I- issue, but maybe it is. Uh, who are the guys, Kevin, that had the, the world's best printers? Um, like Hewlett Packard? No, there was some other smaller operation that, are, I don't know, after cop, whatever the hell they were. So they, they essentially went over to China and they said, and it's not, you know, it's not a mess. It's the company's not Apple, right? So I forgot the name of the place. I'll, I'll think about it. But they went over and they said, uh, China says basically, okay, we're going to buy, we're going to allow you to market your printers here, and you know. Even if you're a dumb dumb, you're going to be able to sell you know 200,000 printers in like the first six months. But the deal is, we get you got to give us we got to we have to uh, make a part or two over here. And oh by the way, in order to make the part or two, you got to give us the drawings of the entire printer. Which same same thing they essentially did to Boeing on a 787. But it's a hell of a lot harder to make a 787, uh, even if you know what the drawings are, than it is to make a printer. So these guys ended up essentially scabbing their printer over to the Chinese. But, Mike, for them, 200,000 from whoever many printers they sold made them so fat and happy over here, they didn't care. I mean, uh, so did the Chinese steal the technology or did the company give it to them? I mean, they, they didn't steal the drawings to 787. They cut a deal with Boeing and Boeing gave it to them. Now, is there stuff in the 787 in terms of you know, carbon fiber, those kinds of things that we probably don't want the China, we maybe don't want them to have. I don't know. Maybe, probably. What does that mean? Are you going to tell Boeing they can't do that, or they they can, or you know, the, the China's got to be forty percent of the air market or something or twenty? I, mean, I, I don't. I guess I don't know how to write the rules. Do you? No, I don't. And uh, you know, if stuff is given to them, then I guess that isn't uh, stealing. But you know, they do that. I think they do it to a lot of different. Uh, they've done it in the defense industry. They've done it with weapons for sure. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, how do you, you know, how do how do we know somebody didn't they didn't buy the technology from somebody? I mean, can you can you can you? you know, I'm gonna go buy something. Could they buy the technology for the 357 Magnum bullet or something? Matt, is, is that considered? I mean, I'm sure the whole world's got the darn thing by now, but I'm just using it as an example. How much of, of even military stuff is is on some list somewhere? I, mean, I don't, I don't even you, know. Well, the military puts out a list of stuff that's not transferable, and then supposedly the Pentagon has to approve the sale of that information. So I that's an easy one, I think, to figure out. But how inclusive kind of is the list? I mean, it, it seems to me like you can outfit... Well, they, you know, you outfit Hamas for probably stuff not even on the list, right? 
Yes, that's probably true. But I guess, I mean, who who do you think has their hands around the whole thing? Is there anybody? Well, the people that run the, uh, um, you know, the, the the non-transferable list, they should have some sort of handle on that. Okay, so if there is a, a list that everybody agrees on. You know, you're not going to sell them a, you're not going to sell them an F-15, basically. So everybody knows that, right? That's correct. Well, and and there are there are um, triggers in some of the things that people sell that re, you know requires some kind of uh, um, pinky swear. So, for example, I used to buy servers, and part of the sales agreement was um, that uh, there was a legal requirement, and I will adhere to it that I will not export this out of the country. Okay. Now, you know, could I could I pack it up in a box and send it out? Sure. Um, could I get it on an airplane and send it out? I'm sure I could. But if caught, at least now there's a basis for prosecuting. Now, when when you when you get that, is that a requirement for sale to you, or is it just a piece of paper that comes in the box that tells you don't send it out? No, it's a requirement for sale to me. I have to agree to it. Okay, so you got to you got to sign it. It's it's yep. a real okay. And it those would be like a high end server or something like that. I would guess. Yep. But the but the chips. Are, are made in, in Taiwan, so how do, how do we stop them from getting those chips? We don't. Okay. That's what they were trying to restrict. Okay. When you text, or when you tariff uh, products, and then they came out with export controls, so they really don't want them to have the advanced chips or the technology to make them, so the stuff that that they do know how to make is like the the sensors and the the lower lower in the uh, complexity. It's not like the chips that are running the computers. It's the chips that are running like the sensors and the cars and stuff. Okay. You don't need as much or as good of uh, I don't know the whatever the complexity of those nano whatever in the chips. They don't know how to do that so. I think the U.S. policy was geared towards keeping that away for as long as they can. Is there still one of the things I found? Uh, we talk about wandering off topic. I was on the uh, long time ago now. I was on the double secret Y two K committee for the CBO, CBOE, and uh, I I found out it's so fascinating when you talk about chips, uh, which I know nothing about. But evidently, there's a there's a massive I use the term secondary market, Kevin, in in uh, in chips. Where if it's supposed to be a chip for, who knows, a, a, a laser guided something something, and it's a horrible run, and and they're all messed up, they could be just fine for like a cell phone or a, or, a, or a telephone or up for a car or something. And, and a lot of the stuff you you buy are these. You might it's supposed to be a hundred hour chip, but it's a five hour chip because. It, it didn't pass inspection or something, but it's still perfectly good. So nobody, nobody even knew what they had. Like the, the CBOE had, uh, they had more phones or phone lines into the CBOE than a town of like 50,000 people or some, some huge number. And every phone had its own chip. And every in and, and the chip, you didn't know if the, if the chips had dates on them. They weren't going to spin to 2001 or not. It was, it was, you look at this thing, it was like a colossal problem because nobody knew what they had. Because the chips, it's not like there's a chip for a phone and every phone had that chip. 
that they might have been chips for uh, you know for something way better, and it was a bad run, and said, okay, we'll take those cheaper than we normally do. But even though it's a bad run for a a missile chip, it's a great chip for a phone. It's is is it still like that where, where these things are? I mean, they're, they're all over the place in terms of you don't even know what you have in, in most of your stuff. Uh, not as far as I know, but I haven't bought. You know, I'm, I'm several quite a few years away from buying anything now, buying any hardware. But I mean, in a, in a car, you buy a car now, there's supposedly like 30 chips in it. I wonder if are they all just specific chips for that spot, or are they just chips you can get off the runoff or somewhere else? We're supposed to be do, doing for something better for. And how would you even know? You probably wouldn't. Well, so uh, to get back on topic, which is hard for me, uh, what I would found the new rules. Okay. So in t- October 2022, targeted equipment and technology for advanced semiconductors. Um, they it says they drew lines in the sand in an effort to curb China's access to supercomputers, the production of chip manufacturing equipment, and um, f- logic chips with non-planar transistor architectures. So there's the a, that? there's something called technology node of like 16 or 14 nanometers that they didn't want um, the, yeah, 16 to 14, and then it says 18 half pitch or less um, flash memory chips with 128 layers or more. We're, really, I think what that means is advanced chips meant for stuff like AI in in high production computers, so they they wanted to keep those OA specifically. Okay, so you go from there, which I have no no confidence I understand that at all. How do you get from there, Mike? To do you allow them to import Budweiser? I mean, or or can we buy frying pans made in China? You know, Audrey's always concerned because uh, a lot of her friends are you know not kids anymore that. Some huge percentage of essentially our, gener- our generic drugs are made over there, and those kinds of things. Where if they shut us off totally, we wouldn't even have drugs over here for people. I mean, uh, how do? Where, where would you start? I guess. I, that's a good question, Tom. I don't know, but you know, we ought to. And Audrey's right about the uh, antibiotics and things like that. We need to. Uh, revise or revamp our drug manufacturing uh, here in the states because I mean that's a critical need and it really came into play during uh, COVID you know and well a lot of the companies some I understand have switched from China to India is India that much of a buddy that we can count on drugs from there I don't know I think it's better than China but you know uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I don't think India is as much of a competitor as China is. Well, how, do you, how would you, Carl? And when you right. say competitor, you're not necessarily talking about business competitor. You're talking about geopolitical competitor. Right. That's correct. And so, so where do you start, Tom? You just start. That's the big thing. You identify. Take take five critical industries. You know, pick them out. You know, uh, do a little bit of risk assessment. Come up with the five that you really need to deal with, and uh, and then do it. Just start saying, okay, let's put together a step by step plan that is going to take us through. Uh, is going to start bringing that industry back into domestic production. It's going to take years, 
but you know so it, it, but if you blow it off saying well we can't possibly do it it's going to take years every year you wait another year longer it's going to take so get going how do you how do you uh... and, and and you know people people talk about bringing industries back in uh, in you know political campaigns and such but they don't put it in words like that that people can understand well, that this is this is going to be a long haul project it needs to be something that is going to survive multiple administrations and it's really really important to the United States and we need to get started now um how do you uh that's like that's like saying how many how many politicians are, are going to save the middle class and I see the middle class draining down like water in a tub for God's sake I mean it, nobody's done anything to help the middle class but all right so how do you make up and this is as, as I, my friend Mike and I used to go to economics classes together how do you make up the cost difference I mean, because Carl's always talking about you're really offloading child labor and you're offloading pollution, right? You're off offshore. So how do you how do you have Grandma go to the go to the drugstore and not get the the pill from India that's half the price the one here and have her have her not say I don't have any money. By the way, I'm getting the one from India. I mean, do you do you increase the cost of that one? Do you somehow subsidize the ones on our end? How do you make it economically at least neutral? Uh, it, that, that's very hard to do unless you are willing to uh, take suffer long paybacks for um, investments in automation. So if, if you don't, if you're willing to make an investment in automation that will pay off, but it's going to take five years to pay off, not 18 months. Um, if you're willing to do that, then um, then you can make the cost neutral because when you have a highly automated production process. The uh, the marginal cost of producing anything starts to get close to zero. But you, there's a, uh, I mean, Carl's on. We're gonna we're gonna go to break here in a minute. We'll bring him in instead of just talking about him. He can actually talk about what he said. But the uh, I, for in my industry, and I know this is always a sour one for me. How do you, how do you uh, break the regulatory morass? I mean, here if you've got a a drug company pr- producing stuff. I'll bet you have to have a team of people just to play with the regulators. And oh, by the way, the place has to be spotless, which I don't mind, by the way. But how, who does that in India? Nobody, nobody pesters those people, and nobody makes sure that the place is every corner is scrubbed by somebody's fingernail. I mean, how, how do you how do you deal with that? I'm not I'm not going against it. By the way, I'm agreeing with you guys. I'm just saying, how do you do it procedurally? Procedurally, how do you do it? Um, you just, like I said, yeah, just do. You got to get started. And and so that's not an answer off the top of your head. That's an answer for you know for whatever working group you form, whatever you know, however you go about doing it. But the you know the problem is just you know like like so many things in the world, it's just dive in and get started. Then you can you know go ahead and make some mistakes. That's okay. Um, just but but get going. And that, Speak- that's our problem well, is we can't get going. Well, we're gonna have to get going here. One last question: Are you guys suiting up for the ball? How many guys we got for the ball? Thirty. Uh, we got a lot. The whole freshman class is there. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay then. Um, I boy, I'm, I'm anxious to see how many how many schools are having trouble selling their tickets and all kinds of stuff with this stuff going on. It'll be, of course, we'll get to talk about it all, all during it. Hey, so. it's all it's all about you know no production cost for the uh, for ESPN. It fills their time before the conference basketball season start. Um, they'll they'll even for you know uh, for most of the uh, low level bowl games. They'll just have people, their broadcasters, sit in the studio and do it. They won't even bother to send them out and pay for a hotel room or anything. It is all about the low production cost 
time filling TV, uh, you know, uh, TV stuff. Now, do you fire the cameraman? So if they, he's... they they don't even need ratings to make it work. They don't even need substantial ratings. Guys like Greg will be gambling on it. Now, do you fire the camera guy if he if he if he flinches and he shows all the empty seats? They probably have robots controlling the cameras now. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> on that note, SP Futures up eight, and Nasdaq Futures up forty four. Be right back, Mr. Carl Den. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thanks, Kevin, as usual. Have a good weekend. We'll be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. Talking about Greg Pappas on the board. I'm thinking, there's there's Carl with his suburban pulling his his RV right in the middle of the convoy, pissing off all the truck drivers. Well, that could be. This uh, the, were you a, a CB guy? No, I had one for a while, but I almost never used it, even when I was on the highway. It was and, it was fun uh, to listen to. Well, it was fun to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, but uh, it it actually. At times, useful. Well, um, yeah, before you had a cell phone, but but just I mean, uh, listen to the truckers. I mean, they knew if there was an accident, they knew if there was a, a guy with the radar and all that stuff. Right. Well, yeah, because uh, yeah, one of them just got pulled over, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did, well, did, they, did people still use them? Um, you know, I I don't know. I suspect the answer is yes, but I also suspect that uh, you know, much the answer is also much less. So, so how do you how do you how do you talk to the dude when you're driving by yourself? I mean, you, I guess you just, you're on the phone with somebody. I mean, you can be on the phone home basically, I suppose. Well, so uh, I know some people that are that are professional drivers, uh, and there's all sorts of things to prevent you from doing the kind of thing that uh, we see all the time among us ordinary peons which is you know some clown with his face and his phone while he's driving uh the the modern truck is uh, full of technology and uh, among other things it's the the old logbook is gone it's all electronic now and uh 
it actually there's i mean the, the companies are very interested in you not doing that kind of thing because uh, liability insurance is a real problem especially if you you know plow into 20 people so yeah, the, uh, when I, at allied van lines we had a whole department of people that, that kept and uh you know, manually kept all the logs from all the guys all over the country. I mean, it was a huge storage facility. Well, it was. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a legal requirement how many hours yeah. you can drive and stuff. But there, there used to be an awful lot of fraud in that, intentional. Yeah. Um, because you know, rolling time is the only time you make money, right? And um, so it was. You know, there was a lot of game playing there. Well, that's all gone now. Well, and I mean, it was. It was. I, I I believe uh, when we dropped the the uh, the speed limit down to fifty five, and I think you can only drive ten hours a day. I'm showing my how long ago this was, uh, Carl. And I'm going to say, I mean, if you did more than five hundred and fifty miles a day, you either were going too fast or driving too long, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, you know, there's there's slop in there because. You know, nobody nobody can actually pull that off. I mean, you know, you, you got to put fuel in a truck for one thing, right? Yeah. Well, that's all part um, of uh, it's all part of the game. I mean, you have to make right. sure that you that's considered a stop. And if a, if you have a cup of coffee, that's a break because you have to have a, take a break. What was it, every three hours? Yeah, it's a, it, and you know, and the thing is, though, is that the uh, the electronic logs have pretty much. I mean, the the game playing's over. Okay, I mean, when you're out of time, that truck better not be moving. And and it knows if it is because there's a GPS in it. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and so you know, I mean, the the game playing that used to be very common, uh, it it's not now. And I mean that it's good in a lot of ways, but it means I mean, and that it it probably does materially improve safety. Uh, but on the other hand, the other side of it is that uh, if it's unprofitable. For you to operate in that environment, given that set of rules, well, then it is, and you can't shave the rules in order to, you know, to find a way to make money. Well, I tell you what doesn't make it safer, though, is I, I was in. Uh, there's a station here in Chicago that, whatever it's it it is a, it's an all it's a 24-hour station which are very hard to come by on the AM dial, and obviously I'd like to be back on the air, and there's a guy who owns it. And he's from Detroit, and he's, uh, you know, a little bit, shall we say, out there. Uh, and and he's fighting with his son, and this, whatever. So, but the, anyway, the bottom line is, one day I decide I'm going to drive up to. Uh, I'm just going to go to Detroit. I get up early anyway, so I, I drive up there to, to meet with the guy, which was interesting. And uh, he had a wildly divergent view of what his station was worth than most normal people, including me. Anyway, so it was kind of a useless trip, but. I'm driving back, and Carl, I've driven, you know, we used to drive skiing all the time when I was 20, 21. We, you know, I've gone across oh, the country yeah. a million times. And uh, the uh, I always thought whenever the weather got crummy, you could basically follow a truck. I mean, they were the, they were the best drivers, and, and they would slow down to the safest speeds and so forth. Well, on the way back from Detroit, I had, I had not been driving, you know, for years, when it, you know, kind of crummy weather, and all of a sudden... It's snowing to beat the band, and I'm like, I didn't expect this when I'm going back and forth to Detroit by myself on the same day. You know, and I'm not, I'm not 25 anymore either, so I'm going, this, this pretty much sucks. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, those guys never slowed down, never slowed down. And Well, and it's, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and, the, and all of a sudden, 
like a couple of months later, there was this huge accident where somebody got killed. And it turns out all the testimony was that, that you're saying that you can, you know, exactly what the driver's doing uh, electronically if they work for these firms. And I forget what firm it was, and I'm not going to lob one out there. Uh, essentially, they don't want these guys coming off cruise control at, at 70 miles an hour, no matter what the weather, unless it's unless you're in a flood or something. So when those guys were blowing by me, and I'm going, how the hell is this guy going this fast? I, I'm barely going 45, 50 in this snow, and the guy just blew by me in the snow. It's 70, and I'm wondering if he's going to be on top of my head in a second. Evidently, they, they really come down on these dudes if they if they drive it themselves, and they come off cruise control. And so, now, I'll bet since that massive settlement, maybe they don't do that anymore, but that was the crux of this whole accident uh, settlement was they the, the rule was they didn't want the guy coming off cruise control. Well, it's so it's it's a little more complex than that. The the modern trucks for the that well, you know, I mean, there's independents out there, okay, that that are not driving for you know large company, uh, but the majority of the drivers on the road are driving for a company, and most of those places uh, have radar cruise control systems in the trucks. So, and and. It will raise a stink if your following distance is too short, uh, and log it. And now the company comes after you and bangs you for performance. Okay, uh, but the other thing is that they're governed, so there there is none of this. I'm going to go fly down the highway at 80 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone because truck won't go that fast. And and there is an override for passing, but it's you know it's it's measured in, you know, two minutes out of 15 or something like that, that allows you to, you know, to, to stick your foot in it to a limited degree. You know what they used to call, you know, you, know, you know what they used to call those in the old cars? Hmm. A governor. Well, yeah, it's, it's, but it's electronic yeah. now, okay, because it's what not. Are the, what are the old ones, used to be mechanical? Yeah, you know, it's mechanical governor, yeah. And it's, and you'll actually see that in some of the, you know, some of the, co- you'll see things on the back of some of the smaller trucks, you know, governed at, at 65 miles an hour or whatever. Uh, and they are. But, uh, you know, your car, most most cars, in fact, have one. It's just set at a fairly um, insane place. I mean, like, there's, there's an awful lot of cars that, even though they're capable of going well past 100, uh, are governed at, like, 100 or 110. They just will not go any faster than that because that's, you know, fuel gets cut off. That's it. That's it. Really? That's all there is. Well, yeah. the, the old governors, uh, I know some guys, well, guys that are long dead, that I used to like cut grass for and stuff. Yeah, they had a, a, a city car that would only go 55 or something. You couldn't get it yeah. up. Well, how did those things used to work? Not the part of Stocks and Jacks, but... Well, the old one, the old ones were just simply, okay, we have this, you know, the, the drive ratio is X, and um, that's all there is. They wouldn't, let, they wouldn't let any more gas come in the carburetor, right? Well, I mean, these are diesels. Okay. okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just an RPA. Now, there's there's two kinds of governors. Generally, there's uh, there's a limited limiting speed governor uh, that is that is used on the road, and then there's then there's a constant load governor, uh, which is used in marine engines um, or generators, for that matter. Uh, with a with a constant load governor, your throttle. Is essentially setting the, R- the selecting an RPM. Okay, okay, and the governor's job is to regulate fuel to produce that RPM. And and so you know whatever as the load changes, and that's that's the same kind of thing you'd have in the generator. 
because the load on the generator changes, but you, but the RPM determines the the hertz of the output power. Okay. So you know you want sixty cycle output power. If you've got an eighteen hundred RPM generator that produces sixty cycle output power, the generator has to turn at eighteen hundred RPM, and that means the engine has to turn at eighteen hundred RPM regardless of the load. Um. I want to switch gears a little bit. Oh, matter of fact, a real lot because, but I because I, I can talk about this all day. Uh, I I, uh, I can t- I can't get this uh, David Stockman article out of my mind, Carl. And how? Yeah. Well. And how? Well, I mean, it's not the fact that he wrote it or whatever. I the more I look at it, the more I, I can't believe that I didn't see this happening for twenty some years. Because uh, I surely would have traded better for clients. I mean, I th- did pretty good as it was, but I mean, I would have done a hell of a lot better. Uh, I, in, in looking at the politics, you know, I was around then. I, I can't put two and two together. Is the the plan was so simple, so contrived, so simple. Uh, what I believe to be the plan, and and all and all the fact that people accuse me of being conspiratorial. I don't think I was near conspiratorial enough. I guess my question is. Who could have conceived such a plan? Who knows about it? And how did it? How did it just take? What I'm saying here, it appears to me that I've, I've sort of suspected something like this, but I never dreamed it was this organized. Basically, David Stockman says, starting in 2000 or maybe before, there has been a a plan to essentially increase wealth as opposed to income and as opposed to regular people. And that they, we've dribbled more money into the system every year than we should have, maybe by a factor of two. And uh, we have just created so much wealth for the people. The numbers he had for the people started in 2000, that if, if you were a, a, one, a one percenter or a tenth of a one percenter, if you didn't do anything but sit on your dead ass, that it, uh, the, the top person, the top one percent, made an average of $19 million just on wealth, on stocks, real estate, and bonds going up. And the top 10 to 1% made $88 million bucks. It's not even working. That's per person. Right. And, uh, and, it's, and, and you know, uh, you and I would say, I mean, maybe me a little more being the monitor school I came out of, would say, well, the flip side of this is you're going to create inflation and you'll never get away with it. And then the simple, the simple story seems to have been, Carl, We'll just lie about the inflation. I'm going to well, say, I mean, it's, it, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but it's essentially what happened. The inflation has roughly been half. The published inflation, as I went back yesterday, I was digging back through a lot of those old earlier years. The inflation right. was roughly half of what anybody would have said it was. So, well, it, well, yeah, but the, but the distortions have been, in your, see, here's, here's I, like, I like Stockman in a lot of ways, okay? Um. He was a terrible it, guest, by the way. It, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I've read you know a bunch of his stuff, and I saw that article. The you know the the, the seed piece of it showed up right at the the end of last month. Um, a lot of people weren't paying attention because it was you know it was over the you know the Black Friday holiday weekend and all that stuff, right? As we went into December, uh, but <laughs> I I have. I have a problem with the idea that this was an organized, uh, if you will, a cadre of actions uh, standing alone from the people at the Fed. And, I, and I'll, and 
I know there's plenty of people that believe that there's a certain little clan of which Bill Ackman is a member, and he's been screaming because someone insulted them now. Uh, whereas he was perfectly fine with every white person in America being disadvantaged by every single Ivy League college for the last 20 years, and in fact has, has been cheering that on for the last 20 years. And then all of a sudden, we have this kerfluffle that starts with MIT and UPenn and, and Harvard. Okay. Um, gee, how, uh, you know, how insane of you, sir. Pardon my French. And, and you know, I have a lot stronger words when I'm not on the air. The, <laughs> but, but here's the problem I have with this entire premise. The Federal Reserve and Congress... If you get down to it, Congress is the one that did this. Okay? And the reason they thought they could get away with it, and did get away with it for 20 years, is offshoring of labor. And as the trade balance has expanded, and this that's global, all right? I mean, global trade is not just the United States and China, right? It's everywhere. Okay. As that has expanded, since the U.S. dollar has been the settlement currency for goods in transit, and and that is not because we're pigs, and it's not because we have 6,000 nuclear weapons pointed at people. It's simply because it takes months to build all of these alternators, for example, that you want to put in a car, and then you have to put them in a ship, and then after they go in the ship, they got to get to wherever they're going, and during all that time, there is a bunch of money that has to balance the goods in flight. Well, that's why Bitcoin's never going to be anything like that. Well, well, that's right. And the, and the problem is, when I'm the guy, if I'm the guy over in China, or wherever I am, and I'm building these things, I have to know, with a reasonable degree of certainty, that when the ship gets to the other end and the containers get offloaded and get to General Motors or Ford or Chrysler, whoever, wherever they're going to, that when the money comes back my way, it is going to have the value that is what I negotiated when I sold them. Because if that doesn't happen, I'm out of business. Well, right. <laughs> right? Right? And so this is, and so that is the key item there, is that that has to happen. It has nothing to do with nationalism or reserve currencies and, and all this twaddle about who's buying bonds and things. It is very simple. It is that there are millions of producers in the world. They engage in global transactions. All of those transactions for physical goods require a extraordinary amount of time by today's standards. Right? I mean, you know, we can send an email or a message to you know to people in in milliseconds, but to send a container full of alternators still takes two months. Right, <laughs> and, there's, and, there's, and we don't have a Star Trek transporter to make them appear on the other end as soon as we're done making them. So, I have to live with with the world that we're in. And I want that transaction to trade in dollars, and the reason is because I have a reasonable belief that when they, the goods get to the other end, the value is going to be approximately what I negotiated, therefore I can build the next set. Okay, that's all. That's all it is. And as that volume has expanded, it is not, it is not the amount, the total amount. It is the delta. It is the change. As that has expanded, the expansion each year 
is a deficit spending amount that Congress can engage in without inflation showing up in your groceries. Um, except it does. Well, except to some degree it has, but not to the degree it should have. Okay. Um, I it, mean, it, 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 when I say lie, I, I say, and by the way, you're the one who brought this up. Sometimes I have to remind you of yourself. You're the one who brought this up. If we would have had a uh, uh, a fair CPI that had 20% of the CPI being medical stuff from 2000 on, we would not have been able to lie. Just that. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, here's and, here's and, the part. Let me, let me back up just a little bit, Carl, because I mean, in, in terms of, I. I I don't know that there's five little green men behind a curtain like in the Wizard of Oz that are doing this that are so far beyond Congress and President we don't even know who the hell they are. You know, the Cabots and the Lodges, if they're even alive anymore. Uh, but somehow, some way, in my lifetime, <clears throat> I was really involved in the last inflation episode. <clears throat> and that was my job, well, part of my job at Pullman. And, uh, and, and by the way, coming out of University of Chicago and, and listening to Miss Milton Friedman in class and every time the guy talked I went to the lecture I mean I was I was enthralled by by how different he was than the way other people thought and how he was proven to be absolutely right you know right. which is scary to me that the, the idea I saw the harm in some people who were not participating in the inflation the people who were renting versus owning I saw the harm that went to all kinds of different groups of society and to me the 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 collective sigh when it was over was we will never let this happen again. And the, and the, and the part that I forgot was, We'll never let it be reported again. Well, but the part that I forgot was Milton Friedman saying, you have to always be on guard because the first vestiges, the first, when inflation starts out, it feels so good. I think he used the term it's like your first beer. Well, Chief, I, I, yeah. you know, it's one of the first charts that I put in my book Okay, is the two the two curves GDP expansion debt expansion? Yeah. Okay, and and the fact that no matter if if you expand indebtedness faster than you expand output, you always get killed by it. But at the beginning, it always feels good because the two curves it, they they grow the difference between them grows before they contract, and it's that belly. That produces the oh, this feels great. Well, here's a this is. I mean, I went back, Carl, and I just I saw one little piece of paper, so it won't take me long. And I actually went went through these numbers, and I, I I'm kind of like re horrified. I went from November '99 to December 2007. All right, so uh, 2007 when all hell broke loose, right? December. Um, I got the uh, money supply going up 8.8 percent a year. For seven years, which is you know that's a lot. We started yeah. out at, at, at four trillion six. We ended up at seven trillion five. This is this is eight years, and in in there, they have the CPI um, up like three point six percent a year. All right. Yeah, which is complete twaddle. Yeah. Okay. But here's but if you go from two thousand and seven to two thousand and twenty, which really is was was pretty benign growth, right? I mean, it was a pretty good economy by everybody's stretch. The money supply continued to expand 8.8% a year. Now, this, these numbers are almost as high as they were during the 70s when we ended up with 10% inflation or 12. The money supply was going up maybe 10%. Not much difference between 8.8 and 10. So it was almost as bad as back then. Yet, guess what 
our guys tell us the average CPI was between 2007 and 2020? Mm. 1.9% a year. Yeah, I now, believe. The, yeah, but which is it's garbage. But there's no way on earth anybody who's taken any any monetary course would say, "Wait a minute, <laughs> for 13 years, your money supply is going to grow by 8%, 8.8%, and you're going to tell people your CPI is 1.9%? You'll never get away with that." Yeah, you're smoking something. <laughs> but 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 they did. <laughs> but they did, and and still do. Now here and here's some. Now this is even more bizarre. From 2020 to today, the, the money supply is up 36. percent It was actually up 40 and dropped down four. And they claim that the CPI has been nine uh, percent a year. Well, no. I mean, it, it's right. I mean, it's uh, it, it's not happening. Well, no, it was nine nine percent for one year. Not in the total is not nine percent. The average, right. oh, the, no, I'm sorry, the average CPI is up 5.4%, with the money supply up 9.9% a year. That's not happening either. So somebody somewhere, I mean, I, I mentioned that to Kenny, and he was laughing. I go, Kenny, if you don't want any inflation, just tell people there isn't any. And he goes, they'll never, I said, Kenny, I've been doing that for 23 years now. Just tell yeah. people there isn't any. And, and, and people believe it. It's I. It's it, it, Some of the stuff is just, I mean, the, the bizarreness of of so much of what you see is just i don't i don't understand you know i know how they did it okay and it's been trade sequestration and offshoring is how they did it um the problem is is that Any, like i mean when you when you say your your hospitalization is seven percent and it's 20 that's a lie it's, it's well, no yeah. sneaky you don't be sneaky to do that you just do it well, well, exactly. But the way you you get away with this without immediately having a revolt is that, okay, is through the offshoring and the and that and the trade sequestration, and and the problem with it is all of this sort of nonsense has a use by date, and everybody in Congress and everybody in the in the banking sector and all all these so called smart people. You know, you get away with it for twenty years. You think it, you could do it forever? It's never going to end. Well, there's no need. To, there's what, no need what, to what ever just, solve what any just, of this. What just happened in the last two Fed meetings? We're we're, well, yeah, we're, we're back to happy days. I mean, I am. I have had well, such are, a, are we or are? Or, I, I was, I'll tell you this. I, we had the best week for clients in in a long time. Oh, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm I mean, not. Look, I mean, hey, I can look at the chart. Okay. Oh, I, mean, I look. I I saw what happened as soon as the Fed announcement came out. But we had we we had some extra stuff in the Russell because we thought it might catch up. Never thought it was going to catch up in two weeks. We've uh, been yeah. we've been along these metals for a while. They didn't do squat, and all of a sudden we were you know we made money on that one. Too. I mean, I'm not saying we're you know we're fat and happy here. I'm just saying it. it, it I have no problem with how it. But I also know we're, everybody is is back. We're going to go back to this. We're, we're back, this is the plan, and yet there. Are, and I and I heard uh, Paul say, "Well, we know we have a problem with the price level with a lot of people, but like basically we're not going to worry about it." He, he, he's t- if you listen to him on one level, he's saying all the right things. If you listen on another level, he j- he just dissed the m- middle class. He just tossed them aside. I mean, I, I, I'm getting to the point where I. I, can, I, I hear stuff different than other people or something here, and I probably shouldn't. But, I mean, to me, we're, we're back to this game. We're absolutely back to this game. And, and the market is, is, is absolutely cheering it, which, why wouldn't they? It's done nothing but go up for 23 years, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, look, I certainly understand what, uh, you know, what, what the outcome is, has, uh, you know, has been 
you know, for the time being, it did. God knows for how long it will continue, right? I mean, you know, there's no way to know precisely what that's going to be. Uh, I, I just, my opinion is that we have, we, we have an extraordinary situation that we have exploited for the last couple of decades. It's been going on for, you know, for that length of time, and uh, we have, we have a Congress that believes. And you know, and I don't know. I, I put up an article this morning. I said, "Yo, would it, would it fed, did burn? You know, did Powell get the Burns treatment?" Okay, ba- you know, I mean, infamously, Nixon allegedly, literally assaulted him in his office, threw him up against the wall. Yeah, now, well, well, I don't know if that yeah. really happened or not, but that's what's said. Well, if it didn't, was, if it didn't physically, figuratively, it did. Well, it was claimed that he was physically assaulted, okay, because he didn't he didn't give Nixon what he wanted right away. Well, then he did, and we all know what happened after that. Yeah, right? yeah, of course, yeah. And, of course, Carter got blamed for all of it, even though it wasn't... Like, Carter, you know, Carter wasn't the one that caused it, but boy, oh boy, did he take the heat for it. I uh, had an interesting conversation with somebody a few months ago in a, shall we say, a place that served adult beverages, and this guy was all over Carter, and I said... He created all the inflation. I said, by the way, you're old enough. Uh, I don't know how much you've been drinking, but uh, I should have said <laughs> that probably. I said, but do you remember the wage and price controls? Yeah. I said, those were Nixon, right? Those were Nixon. Oh, yeah. You remember whip inflation now buttons? Wasn't that Jerry Ford? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So then tell me again, it was all Carter's fault? Uh, well, maybe some other guys helped. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some other guy helped a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, but that's the thing is that this is—I mean—that's the way it works, right? Because there's a lag between policy and uh, policy decision and, and outcome, right? And I mean, and that's not very hard to figure out how that happens either. I mean, you know, I, I read the PPI reports every you know every month, and I can say, oh well, you know, in, in about three months this is going to show up in the CPI, and in about six months this is going to show up there. Why? Because that's about how long it takes for the things to get from one place to the other. <laughs> well, Carl, we got to go to break. You know, what's funny is if you actually look at those numbers. By the way, I was, I'm, I'm no fan of Carter as president, but you look at the, the worst numbers were in when Reagan's first term. I mean, if he if he would not have been elected again, but he was very popular. I mean, uh, and I'm not saying he was a bad president at all. I said, but it, if if he wouldn't have been elected again, he would have had just as much of a stain as Carter. But because we turned around in the second term, everybody forgets the first term. Right. Right. You know, and it, and it, it was going to happen if, if Mickey DeMope was president. I mean, it, it got to the point where, because Carter is the one who put Volcker in there, not Reagan. But if you went down Michigan Avenue today, especially if you stopped in the bars, every person would tell you that Reagan appointed Volcker to, 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 to solve the problem. He didn't. Carter did. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, SP Futures up 7, NASDAQ Futures up 43. Uh, we'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? 
Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right Hello, no face Tyson Jacks. I'm Tamal McPeppis on the board. SP Futures, we're ducking some now. We're only up 350. NASDAQ only up 38. Uh, so we've come down here a little bit. Dow Futures up 57 over in Europe. Uh, I love the, uh, I love, Carl, I love this. European markets pair gains after central bank bonanza. So every central bank is on board with this, evidently. The DAX is now down 12. Call that up flat. Uh, FTSE down 57.7. Tech around up 29.4. They were up. They were all up earlier a little bit. Not not huge. Uh, Asia, Nikkei up 284.9%. So they bounced back here. Hang Seng with a nice bounce back, up 390, 2.4%, 16.792. Uh, trying to get back to 17,000. This one's kind of worrisome though, because the Shanghai is now under 29.50, 29.42, down 16 bucks. We'll talk a little bit more about that with Carl in a minute. Uh, Bonds up one basis point, 3.94. The 10 years under four. Bund down six basis points, 2.06. Japan up two basis points, 0.70. It's been right around at 0.7 for quite a while now. Uh, we've got oil uh, up 52 cents, 72.10, which doesn't seem that high, but it's, it was 67 a week or two ago, so it's creeping some. Brent up 50 cents, 77.14. Natural gas up four cents, 2.43. Our Bob up a penny, 2.13. We've got gold, which has had a nice rally, up another 10 bucks, 2,055. Silver up a penny, 24.40. Uh, copper unchanged 388. We got Bitcoin uh, down 570, but still pretty healthy at 42,353. And we have the U.S. dollar, which has been getting hammered. It's actually up today, uh, actually appreciably. The euro is 0.6%. It's back. The uh, euro's back to 109. It was pushing almost 110. Uh, British pound 127. It got to almost 129. So we're backing off a little on the on the. Uh, on, we're, we're backing off on those guys. The dollar is actually a little stronger today, which has been a change. Uh, what do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Morning, everyone. 736. Chicago, 38 degrees right now. 50 mild and cloudy today. Phoenix, 43 degrees now. 74 today, sunny and pleasant. Traffic inbound Kennedy's, 12 minutes from Montrose. Inbound Edens, 25 minutes from Lake Cook. Eisenhower from Wolf, 40 minutes. 95th to the interchange is 21 minutes on the Rhine. And 294 to the Rhine is 23 minutes on the Stevenson. NBA Bulls win at Miami. That's 124 to 116. And NHL Hawks lose in Seattle, 1 to 7. And on Amazon Football last night, NFL Chargers lose at Raiders, 21 63. That's all I got, Chief. There was a game last night. I don't have Amazon. There was a game. I don't even know. You're the only one. Actually, I knew. I just I didn't, think, I didn't see any real need to watch that one. Just, just saying. Got ugly quick. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, so, Carl, uh, we were talking about some pretty heavy topics here this morning. Uh, with the guys earlier, and I know you heard caught the tail end of it, kind of the China situation and Yellen talking about how they can, how we can increase, you know, ties with China, even though we don't agree on a bunch of big stuff. And oh, by the way, they refuse to say they're not going to do something militarily. And now we have, I don't really know on this the stuff we're talking about with the 25 year deal. I I don't think Carl, if you put me in charge, you and me, uh, I'm not so sure. As much as I would love to see this price level go back down to where regular people can deal with it, 
And I know there's no way on earth that 90% of the population is affording a $400,000 house or a new car. I mean, the level, the price level is absurd. I don't know that I would prescribe, let's drop the money supply 10% over the next six months and see what happens. I, I'm not so sure I wouldn't cause more harm than I than I than I saved. I, I, we, we, they, they've got us backed into a corner so bad. I don't know. I don't know what the way out of the corner is. Do you? Well, yeah, I know what the way out of the corner is, but it, but nobody's going to want to take it. Well, that's what I mean. I, I don't know if I'd want. I to mean, do it's that. well, yeah. I mean, the, the the way you get out of the corner is is that uh, you you stop this gaming of absolutely everything, and you, and Congress stops thinking that everyone can have a pony. Which yeah, good luck with the latter, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the you know the basic issue you have here. I mean, it's there's there's actually some very interesting data that um, that a friend of mine is chewing on, uh, having to do with the medical system, the amount of money that's spent there, and how that has correlated over time with at, at a simple objective measurement, which is life expectancy. Okay, so as measured by how old people actually are, not some actuarial table, but facts. So, you know, not not what someone thinks, but what actually happens. And, and it points out that the 80-20 rule, um, where people, people think it doesn't apply in certain places, uh, yes, it does. <laughs> you can get 80% of the results for 20% of the money. And... and you get exponentially less for every dollar beyond that point. And so uh, basically it's a logarithm table and, and not not the kind that favors you. So this is this is of course a conversation you cannot have in America today. All right. But it is a conversation that we're increasingly going to have to have in America. The, the conversation all over the place, Carl, especially people uh, I you know, I'm very blessed, and then uh, one or two nights a week, usually one, or actually one night a month with a lot of the group, I meet with this uh, older bunch of people that are all retired judges and attorneys and stuff, and the, the knowledge gained from these conversations, I, 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 I couldn't go to school and get it. I mean, right. And uh, yet, virtually all these dudes have some sort of health problems because they're all, you know, in their 80s, for God's sake. The, 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 the care is terrible. The right. the procedures if something is mean if something's wrong with you and you find the right person the the miracles medical science can do now is spectacular. But your 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 overall level of care I think is horse bleep in a lot of ways. I mean well, you're yeah, just getting and, and into a hospital being taken care of, you know, blah blah those kinds of things are, are are horrible compared to what I think they used to be. Yet when you're in there the person doing the procedure is You'd rather have them do it now than in 1960, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But well, yeah, but there's but there's another problem with this too, okay? Which is that as and this is what always ends up happening when you do the kinds of things that we've done in every other line of business, okay? We offshore. By the way, it was fellows. I, I tweeted while you were talking about the thing with the printer company. Yeah, we, we was, that's right. You're right. Thank you. It was a shredder company. Shredder, okay. okay. Close enough. And, Close yeah, enough. And, uh, well, I actually I, I did an awful lot of backstory work on that because I remember when it happened, and it was, it was a fascinating Shredder, thing. printer, what's the difference? Well, we should have slammed, you know, look, you want to talk about something that should have had a slam the door on the Chinese fingers. It was there. 
This was, you know, fellows went over there to have manufacturing done. The company, you know, as is required in China, everybody, every, everything over there has a CCP piece in it. So the government's in the middle of it. But they don't they demand drawings for the whole unit? Absolutely, yeah. and, and that is exactly what they did, and then they just literally stole it and started making their own. And we're talking about things that had patents on them, that in theory you're not supposed to be able to do this, right? I mean, this was not just like, well, you know, this is all stuff that has, you know, patents have lapsed, it's been too long, blah, blah. No, 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 no. They just stole the patented technology and reproduced it and and essentially put fellows out of business. Well, that's... Uh... Stealing patents goes back to the first day of a patent, right? Well, I understand yeah, that, but yeah. the thing is, is that we, we as a country, our government allowed this to occur, even though we knew exactly who did it, we knew exactly how it was done, we we allegedly have tools to prevent this sort of thing, okay? And that well, we have what, what to, would those be? Well, we have a way to punish, we, we can punish the Chinese for doing this. We could uh, turn around you? and we could, you hit them with a countervailing tariff that says, you can go ahead and you can steal it because we can't physically stop you from stealing it. But what we can do is stop you from selling it. Here, you mean? Yeah, you can't make any money on it. Have a nice day. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Say, by the way, I'm not disagree with you. I'm gonna say that from the the day I started thinking about this stuff when I started being on the air and wasn't just worried about trading, I'm gonna say you and I are the are the. Are the the, what were they used to come the pro councils of, in, in Rome where two guys ran the place if we're sitting there I, one of the hardest things for us to do Carl would have to be this China situation I mean back then I uh, I would I use the example of Bill Gates would trumble in because uh, you know he always has access where he wants to go it seems he'd trumble in and say hey I sold uh, you know four four, uh, four copies of software to China and they've got a billion computers, and I right. think they, I think they must have cheated because the computers all work. Gee, how's that, how's it that happen that all <laughs> yeah. of them have it? Yeah, yeah. you know, we, we got we got a nuclear bomb. These guys and you and I are sitting there looking at each other, and all of a sudden, the chairman of Coke walks in. And he goes, "Say what? There's a billion people over there drinking two cokes a day. Don't be messing with anything. What's the matter with you two idiots? I mean, the 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 the, the spread between people gaining and losing on this situation. Did it get to the point where there were more pictures of? Uh, the colonel at Kentucky Fried, there were a mile or something? Yeah, it's, I, I mean... This it's, a, it's a horrible situation. I, but when you say, uh, I, you know, I, then, then you get to this whole mess, and, and I don't know the answer to this, and I'm not trying to be glib, uh, okay, we, we slap a tariff, we'll, we'll be Trump, and by the way, he wasn't all wrong with this. Uh, he sla- We'll slap a tariff on, on shredders from China, and all, all of a sudden, there's a ship... It wanders by Vietnam, and they wave to a guy on the coast, and all of a sudden the bill of lading says Vietnam, and they show up, and guess what? They're the same thing. I mean, I don't know how you, if you wanted to, which we don't want to, Carl, if, if you right. wanted to, how you would actively police it and put somebody in jail. I mean, you, you can't tell me that, that a, uh, a, a tanker full of oil from Iran hasn't shown up somewhere in the on the Gulf Coast, and somebody processed it and didn't tell anybody anything and didn't go to jail. I mean, I maybe... Maybe people care enough to where they test it and make sure it didn't come from Iran. I doubt it. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying <clears throat> people get away with all this stuff. And people, we don't seem to prosecute any of the right people. You know that. I mean, Yeah, I, uh, well, and, and yeah, never do, right? 
yeah. never do. All right. So yeah, I just I I am one of these. I I I look at this as as a situation that at the time looked like we could get something for nothing. Of course, you know the laws of thermodynamics say that that no, you don't ever. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, well, you do if you're I, you do if you're 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 weighed in. Like my mother used to say. One good peak is is better than two good Vanessas in bridge, right? Finesses. Well, yeah, but you know what? But you're not, and that's the thing is that it's it, because the reality is that somebody else always gets screwed, right? And so that's the, the question is always: is the screwing something that we worry about, or do we not care? Well, I'll give you a an example in the last five minutes. S and P's were up. What were they up ten when I started the show? Somewhere in there. Yeah, and now they're down three. All right, and now uh, you missed the part about Fed. Jans Williams said the central bank isn't really talking about cutting rates right now, and we dropped 13 points. Now, if he doesn't know that that isn't a market-moving statement, I don't want him in that job. And if he does know, why does he have to say anything? Or B, is he trading on it? Did he let anybody know what he was going to say? You and I could have picked up 15 spook points in the last five minutes just on information oh, yeah. that we didn't have. Now, is he... Is he dumb enough to think? First of all, why? When did we start every one of these guys going on TV every day, damn near, with market moving comments? We didn't do this under under uh, Greenspan, did we? Or did we? Well, we kind of did. And, and but the thing is, is that there's uh, you know a lot of people look at this and say, well, you know, this goes all the way back to the you know to the Fed. Well, okay, as as you know, because you used to trade on the floor. Uh, the the Fed and the way it operates internally has massively changed since Magoo was was in charge. And and prior to Magoo, um, that's Greenspan, by the way. Yeah. Uh, prior to him, and and even with him to a large degree, the Fed was essentially an autocratic organization when it came to the actual rate decisions that were made. The chair made the decision, but we but we are in a an area now where we well we don't live in that world that that world isn't how it works anymore. Okay, so now you have all these guys that show up on television and you know and have their comments that are made. Well, you have a, a place like Costco. It's up eleven. It was up seventeen. We came in. We're talking about a retailer, and it's trading forty two, forty three times PE or something. That's what I just looked up here. So I'm assuming they're right. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, that but I'm saying I'm I'm not. I will not disparage Costco as a company. I will not disparage uh, Las Vegas Sands as a company, which when the lady sold her stock for the $2 billion, it's trading 56 PE. I'm not going to say anything bad about those companies. I happen to like both of them. Uh, but where they are trading in terms of the price multiple of the on revenue and trading has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with... Uh, you or I or Carl or anybody being a shrewd investor, it has to do with how much money is poured. It's not about the stock. It's about the dollar. And I, when I right. say the dollar, it's the relative. It's not the dollar versus the pound. It's not the dollar versus the euro. It's the dollar versus other stuff. It's a good like everything else, which nobody seems to understand. I don't quite get. Uh, if they If we double the amount of dollars... Costco is going to be twelve hundred bucks. It has nothing to do with you and I being shrewd investors. It has nothing to do with Costco making money. We're, we're at that stage. So these, every word uttered out of these one of these people, is going to be taken as 
Are, is the game on, the game off, the game neutral? It, that, that's what's running our world right now. And, and, and Carl, you're absolutely correct. In the background, there's massive deficits. Last year we had a bigger deficit than we did during COVID. And, and we're, we're talking about another, what are some, some other new spending plan they're coming up with, that if, if they borrowed the money or taxed the money, would not affect prices at all, but they're not going to do it. They're going to expect the Fed, and maybe that's why, in the last two months, they've come off their old policy. Maybe that's why they've decided to loosen back up again to, to, for this new bill that's coming out, or just chief, because chief, of ongoing deficits, right? Chief, chief, they'll make all the statements they want, but I, I, I will put a marker on the table right here, okay? With, with the federal government running a 30% fiscal deficit, which translates into about an 8% inflation rate. Whether you like it or not, that's the max. Without a doubt. Yep. All right. You are not going to see rates come down. And if you think they are... Okay, from you what, what, what you said, though, follow through. If they're talking about an 8% deficit, you're going to have to... The Fed is going to have to print that kind of money to cover it. They not, can't. They can't. Uh, the Fed... No, nope. And and here's the problem. They're going to try. Well, I well, they may try. However, th- when from the time that that announcement came out, when the Fed rate decision came out, the inversion in the curve has steepened dramatically. We went from approximately the the TNX minus IRX went from approximately a neg eleven to neg thirteen and a quarter. The middle of the day yesterday. Right now, it's trading at neg twelve seventy three. That is a clean statement that this we're going to be we're going to have slashed rates next year. The bond traders say, "No, you're not." I, I don't disagree. But what I'm That's sa- and, and 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 you know what? You can you can try to trade stocks on that all you want. But the bond market is much larger than the stock market in terms of the, the amount of weight it swings around for what it punches. And the guys that are trading the bonds are saying, uh-uh. And, and what that's ultimately going to mean, and, and Treasury has a huge problem here because over the last 20 years, every Treasury Secretary's move has been to roll down the duration curve. And that's stupid when you've got a, you know, which when you got long bonds trading where they were a couple of years ago, you're out of your all right, so, mind. So, all right, so why do you, again, as you know, overall, I'm agreeing with you, but this particular, what makes you, the bond market has gone from, the 20-year bond has gone from 84 to 98 in the last three weeks. I mean, what do you? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm just saying that this is this is going to be, when when the snapback comes from this and Unless these guys are wrong, and they might be. By the way, you, you know I'm with you on this, but I'm, I'm going I'm to play the part of if I was sitting on a, one of these desks trying to look good on, on national TV, the good-looking lady's going to say, it hasn't happened in 23 years, bub. Well, except, except, Chief, remember that we are, you know... <laughs> do remember the last time we I, were in this, I, this mess. I, I, Subprime was contained. I... I, I Carl, I... I as you know, I'm 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 just playing devil's advocate here, but the the the, the answer the question always is, is Armageddon you're talking about? I don't see it. No, I'm not talking about Armageddon. Was was 2008 truly Armageddon? Uh, no, but we're, we're, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be that dramatic. What I'm what I'm saying is, for the next three weeks, certainly through the holiday season, they don't care about the deficit. 
Oh, oh, we don't absolutely. Submit, we, don't, we don't. Nobody cares. They're, they're, they're not going to care about it to the election because they're not going to. Sure as hell, not going to sort of market into the abyss between now and November. And it's not just but because, the ca- uh, chief. They don't control that. They think they do. They don't. Everyone thought they controlled it in two thousand eight too. And how'd that work out? Did we get to the election? Um, we, we don't. We don't have. Even though I think in a lot of ways, you you know, and we agree on this. I love to be able to fight with you because we both agree, but doesn't it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's but it, but it's okay. It, it's 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 a question of timing. Um, the and, and we we they whoever it is, let's like whoever was totally asleep at the switch in two thousand and seven and let the amazing piling on of uh, of money on top of mortgages. Even though I think you and I, if we went through the numbers, we would say. That the average house is further away from the average in American by a long stretch than it was in 2007. So, by those numbers, we're way worse off. But the better part is, I don't see, I don't see, but maybe people borrowing money in Japan and running over here and, and, and manufacturing mortgage uh, blocks of mortgages and people investing in them. We don't, we don't have the, the leverage on top of the stuff like we did back then. In other words, the the the, right. the 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 fire is not yet in the coal mine with the gas in there. The gas is there, but we don't. The fire is not there yet. And but what I'm going to ask you, well, not that they're not not all serious questions. If let's say Powell grew a pair and said, "I'm not helping you on this next bill," and oh by the way, I'm not helping you on next year's deficit, other than like this pit, this you know this little pissy amount. And well, they he talks. He talks all the time, and it moves the market. Okay, now let's see. But I'm the saying, what, what do you suppose if the if the if the if they had to actually go out and and borrow the, all this money without the Fed going out and buying it back? What do you suppose interest rates would go to like immediately in the next year? Oh God, uh, I uh, you know I I, <laughs> I think you easily see double digits on the end. Of the I, I, I do too. Curve. I mean, I yeah. The, the, we've just blown one up here, the listeners. What I'm, we're saying is. Right now, when the Fed goes out or the, the Treasury goes out for an auction for you know twenty billion or something, it's really not twenty billion because an hour later, the Fed is going to go out and buy some of those, or they've already done it beforehand. Well, well except they're not; they're shrinking the balance sheet. Um, they, they're letting the mortgages run off, but I think well, still well that's buying, right. I'm sorry, I think they're still buying the Fed. Well, but net, the, but net, net, the number's going down. I, I, I know, I know that, but I'm saying. The mortgage piece can go down. It doesn't mean they're not active in the treasury market. I, I'm not. Oh no, I'm not arguing that they aren't. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course they are. Yeah, of course they are. They're they're not going to hesitate to go out and buy some treasuries tomorrow if they have to. Yeah, the the problem with doing that is that right now, remember how the how the Fed works is that their their net income after they pay their expenses goes to treasury. Okay, so it it helps after they pay the a boatload of people that are working from home or not working. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, after their expenses, yeah. right? As padded as they might be. Um, okay, fine, and and remember that that money they're paying to people that are working at, that are quote unquote working at home uh, that goes to into GDP because it gets spent, right? Sure, right. So I mean, you know, this is the same thing as the as the fraud problem in Florida and homeowners insurance. Governor DeSantis loves this because it shows up as GDP every time there's a hurricane in the state and the guys didn't put the roofs on correctly and therefore uh, we have to rebuild all these houses. All right, this, is, this is lovely. This makes his economy look fantastic because that $400,000 house just got blown to bits and now has to be rebuilt. Well, that's $400,000 worth of GDP. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't subtract the $300,000 of, of 
value off the economy. Oh, absolutely not. We it's it's what you generated as actual business activity. I have to yeah, okay. So there there are perverse incentives all over the place and politicians everywhere exploit it. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm picking on him and I have a bunch because you know, Florida if you're a Florida resident, you've been getting the brunt of this in the in the property insurance area for the last, you know, number of years and it was one of the reasons I left the state was I smelled it that it was it was really going to get bad when the COVID crazy, you know, went through. Um, of course, I couldn't have anticipated that because I was already in the process of moving when it started. Uh, but but the trend was there and what was going to end up happening. And so, I you know, this is part of the issue that you run into, though. But the Fed, at this point, because of the, the mark-to-market losses and everything else on their balance sheet, they are not going to be paying anything to Treasury for a very long time. Now, people say, well, they're going to go bankrupt. No, they're not going to go bankrupt because that's not how it works. However, until that loss is is reabsorbed, which is going to take years, there is going to be no cash coming into Treasury's coffers to offset deficit spending. Well, they probably still have some from the mortgages that are left. Uh, well, except except yeah. that as the, but they're but they're rolling those off slowly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and the thing is, is if you were in those things, you know, this is this is the the same story that I hear people try to make this argument. Well, you know, the banks have this huge mark to market loss, and it's you know it's going to dump you know it's going to dump them under the ditch. Well, no, it isn't unless they have to sell it. What it does mean, however, is that their operating income on a ten year obligation that they put out in the marketplace at, at 3%, now they're 5 um, Hey, guess what? That's 2% a year. You're not going to have an operating income. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's and, a, and, and that's a real hit to your operating income. And that's real. Especially so, when it's yeah. your government that sold it to you. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that kind of thing is going to be happening. on a, a and, and it's But it's happening all throughout the economy. And the interest rate implication of that... And the interest payments implication of that is that it hits both government and corporate sheets. Now, a lot of corporates went fairly far out in their borrowing pattern, in terms of their, you know, in terms of duration. But government did the exact opposite and rolled down to the short end of the curve, which is why this is going to become a huge problem into the coming year and forward. Because well, yeah, that you also have a lot of, you have a lot of pain. By the way, we didn't even talk next week. If uh, I, don't, I don't know if we'll have to have you on earlier, but talk a little bit about the uh, article the other day regarding um, how many pension funds and everybody are still investing in China. We didn't get a chance to talk about that today, but we had other stuff. Carl, yeah, thank you very much, fun. buddy. SP Futures uh, down a quarter. Uh, NASDAQ Futures after the, the Fed's guy said we're not going to lower rates as fast as people think. Uh, so we just came back to flat here. So we're flat on the futures there. NASDAQ is still up 35. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. We're in deep Yes, we are in very, very deep Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727.
Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.